I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth, and in this video, I'm going to be talking to you about why did they leave me? So, one of the most confusing things about a breakup is trying to figure out why your partner left you. Now, sometimes if you've done something wrong, maybe lied or cheated on your partner, it's a little bit easier to figure out. But for many of you guys out there, you're absolutely stunned, confused, depressed and just just totally lost as to why they could walk away from your relationship. Well, I can tell you that a big part of it is probably because you were doing a lot of behaviors that you were completely unaware of. And those of you guys have, you know, been on my channel for a while, start to see the patterns and start to see Oh my gosh, I was doing this to my partner, I was driving them crazy, they were getting angry at me, and they didn't know how to tell me, or maybe they were suppressing their needs, you know, so it can be confusing when you're going through it, and you can't be objective, because you're just so hurt, so, just so anxious and depressed, that it's hard to be objective. So, in this video, I'm going to give an example of an email of a woman that was left by her partner and as you'll see she just can't seem to figure out how he could walk away okay so this woman is in her mid-twenties and she says that her English is not very good but she's gonna try and make it understandable so she said her that she and her boyfriend were together for over six years and He's about three years older than her. She said, we were magnetically attracted to each other from the very first moment. So what does that tell me? There's a good chance that they are drawn to each other because they have attachment traumas. And a lot of times when people are just like that, like a magnet, it's because it's unhealthy and they remind you of your caregivers who in all likelihood were probably parents that had an anxious or an avoidant attachment style. So, she said, our rela relationship evolved fast. We were moving in together after just one month. That is way too soon. You simply don't know somebody after a month. A lot of times, you don't know somebody after a year. It takes about two years to really get to know somebody. And after a month, you're basically moving in with a complete stranger. Think about it. Okay? We fell deeply in love. He was like the emotional core of my life. Do you see how very intense and dramatic she makes everything to be? He, we fell deeply in love. He was the emotional core of my life. Very dramatic, right? Now, what do I say? When there's drama look for trauma. We had that special connection I have never had with anyone else. That small bubble we called our world. The us against the world feeling and our relationship 
felt unbreakable. Do you see how intense she describes this? I mean, just listen to the way she, she puts it into perspective. I mean, it's all like powerful, dramatic, us against the world. Like that is not healthy. Really, it's not a healthy kind of attachment to talk like that about your relationship. Um, you, you know what I mean? You, it, sometimes it's hard for me to articulate things um, that I can feel in my gut or and, and express it to you guys, especially because I know a lot of you guys are not um, obviously trained like I am to understand this stuff. So you're probably like, so, but bear, trust me, it's not healthy to talk about your partner in such a dramatic fashion. She said, it wasn't conflict-free relationship, though. Sometimes I provoked conflict conflicts because I felt lonely and wanted him to pay attention to me. Yes. Why? Think about it. She was anxious, right? And so when she felt disconnected from him, she was losing emotional self-control. She was lashing out. I guarantee she was being bossy, controlling, manipulative, all in an effort to pull him close. But ironically, it wound up pushing him away. Okay, you're going to see. Practically, we loved each other but hated ourselves. I don't even know what that means. <clears throat> I was diagnosed with serious depression and social anxiety, but I thought I can cure myself. I was seeing a therapist, but not regularly. Well, um, you know, if you have serious depression, and those were her exact words, I have a serious depression and social anxiety. We're looking to me, that tells me she's got early childhood trauma. And so, when we don't have our needs met, in those early few years of our life, what happens is we struggle with things like anxiety and depression in our adulthood, and we struggle to be resilient, okay? The more you've had your needs met in your early childhood, the more resilient you become as an adult. And this is why I'm always saying, guys, those first two, three, three, three years of your life are incredibly, incredibly important and I cannot stress to you enough that if you and when you have children you cannot give them too much love or affection you cannot pick them up too much you cannot hold them too much um, you you desperately want to make sure that that child feels this close with you in those first two to three years of life because it's those moments that help them have mental health and resiliency for the rest of their life and if you want to go argue with me about discipline and this and that, I'm not going to hear it because I know I've been doing this for a very long time and I worked with kids for many, many years. And I can tell you there's a very strong correlation between holding your child, giving them unconditional love, making them feel that you're always going to be there for them and security and healthy emotional attachment for the rest of their life. Think about it. All you have to do is make sure you're an amazing parent those first two to three years of life and it's going to be much easier to deal with that child for the rest of their life. Um, we came from two very different families and had different habits. Emotional background and patterns. 
He is a computer whiz and practical, a problem solver. His parents were very practical people, but they didn't seem to care much about feelings. So that tells me they probably were avoidant attachment styles too. I think he, he had never really learned how to express his feelings and he had a tendency to sweep things under the rug. Avoidant attachment style, they do that a lot. They don't want to deal with things. Look at the mental health in this country. Think about what you're seeing all over the place. People are literally denying reality. They say something, they're on camera saying something, then they deny that they literally even said that. That is the verge of psychosis. To deny reality is psychosis. Okay? You have to understand, a lot of people are doing a lot of reality distortion and it's pretty scary because denial is like literally denying what is going on around you. Okay? It took three years of relationship till he was able to open up emotionally for me. In my family, feelings have been extremely important. However, emotional life wasn't very consistent. My relationship with my mother was especially problematic. She always criticized me, called me names, and compared me to others. I constantly wanted to meet her expectations and be a good child. So, yes, this makes sense because as a child, the most important thing for you is your relationship with your caregivers. You were trying to please your mom to make her happy so she wouldn't abandon you. And, and so now you're most likely going to be attracted to a man who doesn't give you that kind of love that you've been wanting. This, in other words, they're going to ignore you, they're going to criticize you, and they're going to compare you to other people because it feels familiar. Looking back, that wasn't even possible because she was impossible to satisfy, unhappy and depressed, and that wasn't a reflection of you. As a child, we internalize everything. So you would have internalized that and said, oh wow, I'm unlovable. No, that's simply not the case. Your mom clearly has mental health issues. She had extreme mood swings, often histrionic breakouts. Okay, so if we're dealing with histrionic, that is a personality disorder, and it's a pretty severe one. Um, I'm not going to go into it too much, but I can assure you, if you had a histrionic parent or caregiver, your life was pretty damn difficult in those early years. As a child, I used to, my fantasy, creating my own alternate reality to escape real life. See what I'm talking about? Reality distortions. She's talking about it right there. She had to create an alternate reality to escape real life. That's exactly what I'm talking about, right? But, which is incredibly insightful. Most people would not even be able to see this. They would not be able to say, I, I created my old alternate reality to escape. At least she's conscious of it, so that's excellent. Although I do know she's been watching, she, when she sent me a follow-up email on this, that she said, I've watched every one of your videos, so I bet it's helped her a lot. Somehow I end up being a rationalist and a very theoretical person, an analyst. 
In November of 2015, one days I couldn't stop crying. He told me I need to get a hold of myself and get myself together because it won't work between us. Yes, and because he's got an avoidant attachment style, he's going to have a very low tolerance for trying to be understanding and empathetic. He simply has never experienced that in his own life, so he doesn't know how to do it for other people. Okay? In January, we finally decided that for us and the sake of the relationship, we should just move apart for a period of six months. We were talking on a daily basis. We were seeing each other every two weeks. So it's basically a long-distance relationship. However, a few changes in his behavior were obvious. I wasn't the first thing on his priority list anymore. He seemed often impatient and angry while talking, being with me, and limited our conversations referring to our goal to becoming more independent. So, her anxious behavior had really pushed him to a point where he was just fed up. But, he's, he's part of this issue too. You know, his attachment style and his avoidant attachment style is a big part of this too. So, it's not all on her, but... Um, She's who I'm working with, so I have to show her what she did and has to work on to improve in her relationships. After two months of constantly feeling anxious and having panic attacks, see, we've got early attachment trauma there too, I began to feel a little better in March. He was giving me positive feedback all the way through this period regarding my self-development and our relationship. However, for me, it became more and more strange that he doesn't want to talk about a future at all. After I finished writing my thesis, I asked him about it. I told him to be completely honest because I could feel something is not right. This was in June, one week before my exam. He finally told me the reason of his lately strained behavior because I provoked. He doesn't want to be in this relationship anymore. He was already feeling smothered and because of your anxiety, it continued to make him feel more and more trapped, and he got to the point where he's like, I can't do this anymore. I was completely shocked. I remember asking myself if this period was for him to prepare for this breakup. He denied it and told me he truly believed in us. He told me he still loves me and doesn't want to lose me, but he can't be with me. That, throughout this period, he finally found himself, and he realized he couldn't be himself during our relationship. And I would say that he's probably right about that, because when he was himself, it wasn't enough for you, because you were anxious and he was an avoidant. And so, you wanted this much intimacy, he only wanted this much intimacy. This is what he wanted to do, and because he couldn't do that, you kept pushing him to give him more, and he simply didn't want to do it. He got turned off. He felt trapped. Okay? Alright. It wasn't my fault. He just wanted to meet my expectations. He also told me that he feels better alone and relationships aren't for him. These are excuses. Okay? He's just telling you that because he doesn't want to be with you. And uh, if a supermodel knocked on his house and said, Hi, I'm your new neighbor. I brought over a, a bottle of wine. Want to have some with me? I highly doubt he'd be like, 
not looking for a relationship right now. See what I'm saying? Okay. He decided to break up around May, but he wanted to wait and tell me until he finished his exam. I couldn't understand his decision after all we've been through. Not to mention what we've promised each other. We'll give it a try after this period. But he ran away when the decisive moment came. I felt betrayed and disappointed because I really believe there is more potential in us and we can turn things into a well-working, mature relationship. Well, I'm not surprised by his behavior at all. And I predicted it almost immediately as soon as I started reading this email because I see things clearly, guys. You have to understand. I, I see things sometimes like Neo did at the end of The Matrix. Remember when he saw all the little dots? I, I've gotten to that point where certain things just make me see things so clearly right away. And, you know, obviously I read through it to make sure it's accurate, but once I start to see it, I'm like, oh, here we go. But that is a great thing for you because you guys are really struggling to see anything objectively because you have everything emotionally invested. And I can see it clearly because I'm not emotionally invested to the situation other than trying to help you out and be a good coach for you. So, let me scroll through this because it's gotten a little long. Let me just get to the end here. All right. She asks, why did he leave when everything seemed to be going so well? How could he give up on us? Well, it was going well for you. It wasn't going well for him. You were ignoring what you were doing to him because of your anxiety. People with anxiety completely ignore their needs of their partner at times because their anxiety is so high, all they can think about is soothing their anxiety. Okay? So it was going great for you, but it wasn't going so great for him. How do you think I should handle a situation if he reaches out? Well, if he reaches out, I would definitely take my time with him because he was definitely not feeling so good about this relationship. The most important thing for you is to work on being more aware and conscious of your anxiety and um, a good clinician can do that. If you don't want to work with me, a lot of you guys want to work with me and I'll be happy to you know educate you guys and give you guys good insights but um, that's another option is a good clinician that you know especially is trained with trauma and um, you know if they have an understanding of attachment styles which I don't know there's not too many therapists that I know that are uh, really interested in that yet but I think that in the next 10 years or so people will have a much better understanding of that something relatively new to getting um, getting studied getting really researched I mean there was a guy who did it back in the 60s but for many many years people didn't want to touch it because it was romantic love and so not many researchers want to discuss love because in the past they used to kind of get laughed at for doing so. So, 
If you want to get my help personally, go to my website, AskCraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. If you like this video and found it informative, put a like on there, please. I really do appreciate it. And be sure to subscribe to the channel because I do post videos Monday through Friday. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth, and I will talk with you soon.